1: Live, juicy, inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the Food and Beverage Magazine world.
0: Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Oh,
1: sorry. I got so excited. Happy
2: Memorial Day.
1: Jennifer, there's not a day in this world that I wouldn't work with you. And in Memorial Day, you want to work? We're going to work.
2: Well, I want to start out by saying to everyone who serves, everyone who has served, and everyone who has contributed with their service to giving us the freedoms we enjoy, even in this crazy period of pandemic, including my own paternal grandfather. This is uh, William McCollum. And he right. was a flyer during World War One with Eddie Rickenbacker. And by the time World War Two came around, he served again. And is buried at Arlington National Cemetery, where they will place a wreath at the tomb of the unknown soldier today. And well, they go around and they plant. Beautiful. Well, they plant a flag at every gravesite. And while I cannot be with my grandparents today in Arlington at Arlington National Cemetery, uh, I am with them in spirit and paying. Uh, honor and homage to their sacrifices uh, for us. You know, we stand on their shoulders.
1: Listen, my great-grandfather was part, was part of Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders. Nice. And they fought with against Pancho Villa in Mexico, right? I know okay. that's probably close to where you are right now in Tucson, right? That is not far. Isn't that nice? So, so yeah. So, he was down there, and, and it was the early teens-ish, you know, of, of the 1900s. And, uh, yeah, and then my grandmother and everybody were born after that. But that's what he was. He was from Washington, D.C. And him and him and I believe uh, Eisenhower, Patton, those guys were all part of that. They were all in that group of Roosevelt and the Rough Riders and moving, moving across the country. Tough guys. Yeah. Yeah, tough guys. But, you know, as I think about Memorial Day, I always think about this pilot right here. What do you think of this guy? Look at this guy. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm trying to look like him. I love this guy. And gonna... springs...
2: wait, 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 wait! I thought
1: that was you. Oh, thanks, Jen. Yeah, it's it's me soon. We're gonna find out who that is because our first guest was just a phone call away. Our first guest.
2: I'm super. Maybe
1: maybe the greatest guitarist. I like to call him a guitarist because he's from the South, Florida, but it's the South um, of all time. And. Uh,
2: was a Renaissance man.
1: She was a Renaissance man. He was actually, I I, I just want to say that he, well, he was also in the, weren't they the most successful band of the 90s? I mean, let's say the name of the band, Jen, say it.
2: Well, Matchbox 20, also known as MB20. Is that true? Yeah. M-B? Well, Well, let's find out. Should
1: we just bring him on? Let's bring him on.
2: Listen, I have to say what a real honor it is to have him, because he's the kind of gentleman who is so bright and so creative. His inspirations are sort of pan disciplinary, okay? You Mm -hmm. think music, and he may be famous for music, but it's just one of many, many disciplines in the fine arts that he practices, not the least of which is his love of words, which is gonna be on full display in a brand new podcast that he's gonna tell us about, but I digress.
1: Well, he also owns Creationville, and Edgar Pennington. Pet, let me see Edgar. Let me. I have, actually have a picture here of him and Edgar. Let me find that before. Oh he wait,
2: look at that! Look at his and he's boning oh, up. Look right at now. this.
1: Oh, look at this. I just want to show you him and Edgar. That's by the way the only friend he could have, and he's walking away right off his shoulder.
2: <laughs> and we are going to talk about vegetable gardening in containers for the zombie apocalypse with the one and only Adam Gainer joining us. Adam. Next.
3: It's so weird. I forgot from last week of Zooming, Skyping, or FaceTiming you. I didn't know I was live, and I was doing a little brush-up. I was doing a little brush-up on – I don't know if you guys know, there's a zombie apocalypse happening right now yeah. outside the window. It's happening.
2: And, and, and you're genius. Show us. Show us. Yeah. Show us well,
3: out the window. Well, I can't show you out the window right now because I'm in prison, and I don't, want, I don't want my other inmates to get mad that I have a nicer view.
2: But, but in fact, zombies don't eat radishes, which is a little known fact. And so if you grow radishes, they'll leave your stuff alone.
3: And you, did you also know that that was the third screenplay I ever wrote with zombies don't eat radish. So <laughs> you're, you're right on target. Hi, Jennifer and Michael. So. <laughs> like
2: but they mm. like a nice cucumber.
3: <laughs> Who doesn't, by the way? And that's not a joke for Michael to go. On. You know, he'll go off on it. So- no, I don't
1: do that. Only politically political correctness now.
3: I don't have a lot of serving military members in my family, but if I did, I just want you to know that this would probably be my one of my <laughs>
2: <friends>. <laughs> So you have been to
3: Rockport. I have been to Rockport. This is salty. So he inspires me on my desk every day.
2: That is so awesome. Do you know what's so funny? I have one of those.
3: You want one of those?
2: I have one of those.
3: Yeah, I whittled this right before breakfast. I just did a little whittling. I do a little whittling right before I eat my little bagel, my blueberry bagel. Nice. That was such an intro. That was really nice. I feel like you wrote that a couple of weeks ago. That was very, very poetic and beautiful. Thank you, Jennifer, for the kind words.
1: Well, I well Jennifer's like... had a lot of time on her hands lately. <laughs> and, like uh, many of us. And she's like, I don't want to push you around. I know that's one I know that's song.
2: And so while my my cinnamon roll dough is proofing, I have plenty of time to come and visit with the most interesting and influential clam diggers and spoon lickers when they come on the show with us, not to mention the most famous um, foodies and friends and the movers and shakers that we know. We joke all the time that you never know who's going to come by and drop in and you never know what's going to come out of their mouth. But that's what makes podcasting and live broadcasting fun. Hey, Adam, I, I want to talk a little bit uh, about how you're managing. I mean, you're a guy who has spent a, a preposterously inordinate amount of time in your life on the road. And, you know, I'm going to imagine that for somebody like you who is so fluid in the fluency of the road, it mm-hmm. must be a challenging time.
3: It is, um, it's, you know, well, I was muting my thing. There was a, job. I feel like there's a cargo, uh, there's a cargo military parade going on by my uh, little, little <laughs> kind of villa here. Anyway, um, it's a good time for that. So I'm doing fine. You know, I, I think I just, I have a different perspective of, uh, first of all, I'm super introverted. So there's, there's three or four days uh, a week that i normally don't even go out anyway. So that's like pajamas being inside, pretty normal. And then you take this crisis and I think we all like the three of us and many people in this world are so freaking blessed on a daily basis. That I heard this funny secondhand from a friend told me this comedian said, look, and, and today this is the most appropriate story. If our grandfathers and our great grandparents fought in the big wars, right? And the country was sacrificing their, their time, their labor, their money. I saw that. God bless them, right? All of these things for our freedom, killing, blood, sacrificing their lives. And our government and our country asks us to sit inside for a few months and watch cable on the couch. I think we should be able to deal with this. I think we should be okay. I know there's an economic problem and that's not a joke because a lot of people are super struggling. So that's not cool. But as far as the sacrifice, I think it's okay for a lot of people, and I know it's not okay for a lot of people as well. That, that's a second.
1: You right. know, Adam, while we're while we're talking about our grandparents, there's a oh, story.
3: God. Oh God, I knew where you're going. You didn't even have to say it. Yeah.
1: Um, do we want to tell that story? It's a great story.
3: You know, I just I just know that there's a famous musician that used to be. Yeah, no get- names. No, no names. Okay. I think it's Paul Stanley.
1: I thought we were going to, oh, he, now he's going to get mad at me. Thank yeah, you. That's what I'm saying. He's not supposed to know I know you. Yeah. I've always kept Paul, that quiet. Paul
3: mad at me for something that I didn't do 40 years ago to his father. And I want Paul to know that I'm one of the nicest humans in the world. And I wish I was as great and successful as Paul is. And that I hope, you know, his dad did okay. And was. it's a very long, painful story, Jennifer. It's a real story. But I know Paul, as of 10 years ago, wasn't happy with me for something that happened to his dad, who used to work for my grandfather uh, in the 70s, early 70s. And
1: Adam got one of the first Kiss records. Adam,
2: Adam, talk a little bit about where you're from originally and and where your sort of spiritual roots are.
3: Uh, Born in New York and raised there for my first 13 years, but I still like to consider myself a New Yorker. I'm very proud of that. Um, And then family dragged me to South Florida as a young lad. I lived there for 30 years, and then I moved out to L.A. uh, about 15 years ago. And um, so I feel like my spiritual upbringing, suburban, street hockey lifestyle was New York. South Florida was a different experience. Great, challenging. Do you want to talk
1: about about Kim?
3: Oh, my best. I had a crush on a girl, um, Michael knows her brother, and I would drive my bicycle. This this was really only a two-week crush problem, but it was every day for two weeks, I would take my bicycle and I would drive way out of the way, way down a a weird street, just to see if she was standing outside. never was, ever, not once.
2: Can I just say, at that age, two weeks is a lifetime.
3: Oh, I mean, to me, it feels like my entire childhood, but yes. Thank by you
1: by the way, Kim has this up still to this day on her <laughs> wall.
3: <laughs> she <laughs>
1: likes. The, I wish I could zoom in better. She loves that. Adam, that yeah. is, you were, you're the original, uh, what is that? The, uh, mm-hmm. ice, yellow, what do they call that? The steel look? What do they call that guy? I have the guyliner I have,
3: I have guy going on right there, which I'm very proud of. I wore a little guyliner for.
1: Look at that. Magic. You almost look like you're, it's your group. I'm sure Rob doesn't want to hear that.
3: I don't even know. Yeah, I just, you know, we don't talk badly about him.
2: Hey, Adam, let's talk a little bit about passion. And let's talk about gifts. Yeah. The fact that you have an extraordinary, you have many extraordinary gifts. Wow! But Thank in particular, you have a, a musical gift that that not only do you have a fluency, but you've made such incredible sort of technical piece with your gift and and developed a fluency and, and a and a vernacular that is so distinctively your own. People can pick out your hand when you play music. But I want to go even deeper than that. I want to ask you about about how music exists and coexists in your world and how you came to make peace with it and really embrace it and then take it on a ride around the world
3: um it was a funny thing I think you know the older I get and the more removed I am from the days in the band in the in the mid 90s through the mid 2000s um I think I'm a lot luckier than I used to give myself uh not even credit for, but that I, that I would actually admit to. I used to get mad when people said, "You got so lucky." You're so. I used to be like, "Dude, I answered phones in a recording studio for eight years until I was a 30 year old man, so that I would get my break and be around the best talent in South Florida." I was like a sacrifice in a way because I'm a 30 year old phone boy trying to get a break. You know, I started when I was like 22. When I was 30, at the producer of Collective Soul. Wound up meeting some guys in Orlando, Florida. Turned out to be Rob Thomas and two other band members. I auditioned for the band, got the job. Um, I mean, a couple auditions later. It's a very condensed version. Um, And then, you know, going through life and realizing, look, you know, I was a closet musician that just played acoustic guitar. I didn't play a lot of electric guitar. I really don't know how I got to be so blessed. But I do understand as we get serious, I can get, Serious and teach the kids out there something. I think what I was good at was understanding the dynamic of a team and a band, and how it's not about being the greatest technical musician ever. It's about how do you make everybody else sound great, and how do you fit into a system that supports this very talented singer songwriter and a very complex melody that he has, and then how do you complement that in different ways. And I'm just, I was really blessed for that to happen. And then when that ended the run, it was like three records, 10 years, I decided to kind of open the entertainment company you mentioned earlier. And that really, I always feel like I'm more Walt Disney, Rod Serling, and Steve Jobs than I literally am Jimi Hendrix or Keith Richards. And I don't know how I got my first dream done, and now I'm just trying to build a whole new mountain climb.
2: You know, um, Adam, when you say that, one of the things I want you to help explain uh, for us and for the listeners and, and viewers is, how explain how unlikely, how difficult it is to get any group of people together in a, the same kind of musical style that would allow the success you had to even happen.
3: I mean, it, you know, there's no, obviously, no one in the world can bottle a formula of hit success. Like, there's just... You know, I have all these little self-help things that eventually I want to publish and give people an understanding of how you can shore up the things that you're weak at, how to be better at the things you're great at. But the truth is, we were very fortunate to have a singer-songwriter that had a lot of talent, and it was our job to take these super rough diamonds and polish them up. And make them, you know, some version sounded country for a little bit until we met with it or punk. And then eventually the band would fight over parts and ideas until it became what became Matchbox 20. So I think the idea of how hard it is, it's interesting because we were a band for for three months before we made a major record. But we went to like a boot camp of rehearsals and we were just very fortunate to have Rob and then all of us having an assemblance of how to put this together. Um, As far as anybody else trying to do it, look, like the ideas in the music business, the three most important things, a lawyer once told me, and I didn't understand at the time because I wasn't in the band yet. The three most important things about the music business are the song, the song, and the song. And I didn't get that, right? So You know what?
1: Let's bring Jose in from Big Wig Taco because I see a lot of similarities of a kitchen... And from what Adam is saying. And I want well, to let,
2: let, them... let it, Give me one more minute. Just give me one more minute. Because there's somewhere I really want to go. Jose is
1: backstage, the oh, green room. Went. Yeah, he's backstage with Miss Frankie right now. The green, yeah. I don't know how much food is left. I'm not sure how much food is left in the green room. If we can get one guy out of there, there may be some left for someone else. I think you we need to bring go. the taco. Let's bring him in. And then you and Adam can talk with Jose. And maybe well, I'll pop out.
2: Give Adam, the chance to talk about his new podcast. We have and a we lot for Adam's,
1: Adam's not going anywhere. Adam's, Adam's co hosting. Adam's the co
3: host today. I love Let's it. see what this there is. There he is. Jose. Jose.
2: Chef. Hey, this is uh, Chef Jose Manolo Hi. Estrada from Big Wig Tacos telling us happy Memorial Day. Thank you for calling in from your kitchen there, Chef. How are you, man?
0: Wonderful. Could be better if we were open, but uh, we're closed, so. uh.
2: You know, um, Adam, one of the things you've got to know about Chef Jose is he really brings the spirit of that humble taco to life. And we say with a wink in our eye that it's a humble taco because the flavor is so big and so bold and so delicious and in some ways so simple. But I'm going to guess that a great taco, like a great song, is uh, deceptively simple but is really very hard to do well chef will you talk a little bit about your philosophy of tacos at big wig tacos
0: yeah so our philosophy is uh it's no thrills we we take what's ordinary and you know kind of uh make it make it better than ordinary you know extraordinary
3: uh, chef extraordinary
0: yeah. Extraordinary. We, we have no thrills, you know, people come here and, and they get what they want. We don't, we're not telling the customer, uh, you know, we should, taco should be eaten like this or like that. You know, I know some chefs like to dictate to other, to their customers, what, what goes on a taco, but that's not how, what, how tacos started. You know, tacos started as street food, you know, and you, whatever is you, you see what, you want it on it and that's what you get on it so it's a very simple but yet it's very uh, it's it's very you know it's kind of like very refined we like to refine the simplicity of it you know we, we sell a lot but as I always say quantity has a quality because we sell so much that, that's a quality of its own so I know it's down to earth, simple, fast, uh, fresh ingredients. Every day we come here, we, every day in the morning, we come here and we chop lettuce. We chop onion, we chop cilantro. Nothing's frozen, uh, nothing. We don't have a microwave, we don't have a freezer.
3: Hey CJ, so- I have a question. I got a question for CJ, Leslie, can I jump in?
2: Absolutely, um, it's your show, brother.
3: DJ, listen, so I'm a creative guy. I'm in, I used to be in this crazy band in the 90s. I don't know if we got properly introduced, but I was in this little, this little weird Bar Mitzvah Matchbox 20 band back when you were probably way too young, which is a good thing. My question to you is, look, me and you, were kindred spirits, and here's how. You're a creative dude. You're in the kitchen. You have to be a creative genius to be successful and separate yourself from the rest of the pack. Am I correct? Right? You have to be yeah, creative. Absolutely. So Absolutely. what is, tell me something about what you're doing in the kitchen that's going to separate you from the beaten path. Why is everyone going over to Big Wig Tacos and freaking out over your flavor palette? What are you doing in there that separates you?
0: We, we do not, uh, we do things the old school hard way. Yeah. We do not, there's nothing, we don't skip, skip uh, any steps. You know, like I was saying before, we don't freeze on anything. We don't – we do everything uh, by hand. Yeah. We make the salsas every day. We flame broil the salsas every day, every morning. The, the salsa you get is the salsa was made this morning. Right. Uh, Roast uh, over the grill, uh, roasted over the grill, the tomatoes, the, 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 the chiles are put on the grill every day, and th- that's what you're getting every day. So there's no – even though we're fast food, we're still quality, and we don't skip any – we do it the old-fashioned way. We don't you see have
3: specialty stuff. tacos, though. Like, I want to know about your flavor palette. I want to know, like, I traditional, amazing, fantastic. But what what are you doing? Like, is there a specialty taco? Is there something with a flavor that people aren't doing, or is it just really the best of the traditional taco?
0: I would say more of the best of the traditional taco, but yeah, our, sure. our flavor palette is more of a northern Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. My family's from Jalisco. So, for example, our rice is more traditional Spanish-style rice. uh, Our salsas are, you know, uh, we have uh, tomatillo salsa, which is uh, made with jalapenos, tomatillo, onion, uh, cilantro, very basic, but very traditional.
2: And, of course, Jalisco is where the tequila comes from.
0: Of course. (laughs) We're we're, we're, we're the Mexican of the, the Mexican of Mexican states. That's what they call Hali.
2: Chef Jose, will you help me explain? Because I'm I'm right now in Tucson, Arizona, which virtually is Sonora, Mexico. The Sonoran region. Uh, It it extends above and below the border. It was there 4,000 years before anybody started putting boundaries on things. What I know about this beautiful cuisine and the idea and the sort of philosophy behind it is that it is in fact very humble. And it's very delicious. It's not delicious because it's humble, it just happens to be humble because that's the sort of pervasive social and philosophical attitude about food in general from the region. But talk a little bit about how important it is that the thing speaks for itself.
0: Yeah. You know, you, you cannot lie. You know, no there's no lie in this. You know, people will uh people are very smart. They know uh, they know what you're giving them, yep. so they know a good you know people. They know they had a good a good steak. You know they they've been to a fine steakhouse, so they know that uh, you know what the difference between something that's handcrafted on a daily basis as opposed to something that comes out kind of like a more a factory-style
1: restaurant. I gonna say, you know.
0: Yeah, so it 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 doesn't. So it's not cutting any corner cor- You're not
1: cutting any corners. No corners yeah, I mean, cut here. No corners. Nothing lie. fast. And like you said, it does it doesn't lie because people know it, you know.
0: So you can't, you can't uh, hide that. You know. Well,
2: let's tell everybody where Big Week Tacos is located. How many locations do you have now?
0: So this is currently the second location we're about to open, January, 1- January, June one. I'm sorry. As our opening day, uh, we will, uh, in Chicago. We still have uh, no dine-in, so we won't be able to dine-in. But you know, people will, will be able to pick up and carry. Uh, so we're in Chicago. This is in the Logan Square neighborhood on Milwaukee yeah. Avenue. If you know, if you're familiar with Chicago, our our first location is in the River North area.
3: Hey, it's- Jose. Oh, sorry, Leslie. No, go ahead, Adam. Hey Jose. So, what are you doing during this crisis? Are you doing takeout? Are you able to make ends meet? We worry about you know here on the show. Uh, we worry about people that are in the biz and are you able to make ends meet? Are you doing takeout? Tell me how COVID has kind of affected your business.
0: It's affected us negatively, as in uh, we will. Luckily, we're known for a takeout Good. and uh, delivery, so. Fortunately enough, we have, we're at our first location, we stayed open, and we probably will pay the bills this month, but Thank the unfortunate thing is, yeah, the unfortunate thing is I had to lay it off about 30% of my staff, and some people, you know, uh, live day to day, check, check by check, and uh, that's affected them uh, tremendously, and that's what really affects me, as, because I'm their leader, you know, how, how am I going to lead these people?
3: Jose, that's horrible, man. I, the, I think at this time, it's such, a, it's such a rampant thing happening in the country with, with unemployment rates jumping into the 20% and higher. I, I know you must feel super guilty and you, you have to kind of just hold the four down and hope for a better day to come soon and let your people know that you support them and they'll be back. But yeah, there's no easy answers, right? In a time like this, just try to take care of yourself. And, and build that business so when you come back better than ever, you can grab those people and help them again.
1: I mean, look how busy this place is, Adam. This is yeah, insane. Yeah.
3: Look at the people. Well,
2: and their and salsas. Yes, Chef Maria Maison from Boca Tacos that was nominated for the James Beard Award uh, semifinals this year said, anybody can make a taco. What really distinguishes you is your salsa program because salsas really allow the spirit of the chef and their philosophy of flavor to shine. And the Big Week salsas are world famous.
3: That's cool. So, Jennifer,
1: she was from Boca Taco?
2: Yeah, it's called Boca Taco and tequila. Adam, am
1: I wrong or is that Mouth Taco? What's that? Boca.
2: Boca. Mouth Taco. Boca. Hey, um, Chef, before we let you go, one of the things I want to say to to remind Adam and everybody is one of the things that that Big Week does brilliantly well is you can get volume of to-go food. Not just like two or three tacos. You could get like a bunch of food for a bunch of people. And they're really, really good at that. And I think that's one of the things that they're doing that allows them to survive in this period of really, not only, I mean, I hate the word uncertainty. It's just challenging. and, And they're shining at it.
0: Thank you.
3: I'm so happy for you, Jose. And I'm really proud of you, dude. It sounds like you have a wonderful business. And you'll get over these tough, weird times. And when you do, you're going to prosper, bro. And your other business is going to flourish. I know. You seem like a great dude.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And you'll come back and
2: visit with us again soon? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome.
0: And
1: when you're in Chicago, come visit me.
2: We'll do that. Thank you, Chef.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye-bye. Nice to meet you, Chef. Okay, good. Um, It was nice. Every time, Adam, everybody's wonderful. You know, I'm, am i just don't know what to say. We know
2: that we only have great friends in the business that come and hang out with us every day. Yeah, yeah that guy's it's
3: great. crazy. That's, like, that's, like a music that's, that's Adam. A Are we going to get two Oh, we may be. You better call Rob's. We're not going to get sued, are we? Do you oh, owe him $50,000? Like no, but I've got to pay $78 or $10 for that little
2: bit.
3: I think he will, right? So, well, I can don't push me around.
1: What? Don't push me around, Mr. Unwell. It's not 3 a.m. Really? I don't want to hear about it.
3: I'm wearing pajama bottoms, Leslie. Jennifer, you, do you Leslie? want to? I, love you. I said Leslie, I'm, 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 something's wrong with me. Br- I might I, have a lot of mental. I'll knowledge. tell you why you have, later.
2: You have I'll, somebody that you used to dig that was called that name.
3: I
1: dig, dig you. It. I'll tell you why later. You called her Leslie. Okay.
2: Okay. So is last that yours? Week, well, last week we had Jared Brown from Mixology on downtown him. Jared Brown. Well, this is Jared. Up, it was Jared.
1: uptown, uptown Jared Brown.
2: Uptown Jared Brown. That book is beautiful. Can I see the cover again? It's called What's Tales of the Cocktail from A to Z. That wonderful
3: food see. and beverage guide to restaurant open. That is a rival book cover. That's a. Are rival. you saying?
1: Are you saying it's a rival book cover?
3: Yeah. Oh, look, my Yahtzee alarm just went off. I might have to play Yahtzee while we finish the interview.
2: Well, you're not going to want to do anything other than talk to our next guest, Adam. What about
1: this book cover?
3: That's it's what different. I'm saying. I love that book cover. You know, Rachel's here, Michael, but we'll have to talk to her later.
1: Is Rachel in yeah. the room?
3: Rachel's not in the room. She's she's running around now. She's very busy, Michael. She's very busy.
1: Let's bring on Miss Frankie Frankie.
3: All right, Frankie. Frankie.
1: I understand Miss Frankie Frankie is very fun. She, I understand this from Jennifer. but Jennifer wants to get her words in. Look, look, look. She
2: is voluptuous and fabulous.
1: Whoa. If I said that, it would be not politically correct
3: i've been described as that as well
1: adam's there been describing problems. me as voluptuous for days
2: there are
1: <laughs> go ahead jennifer I'm sorry about that leslie
3: <laughs> jennifer i'm sorry that's me i have a mental problem it's not you it's i apologize well
2: then you fit right in here brother you should come more often
3: i love you spicy
2: do you know what this is? This is a short snort, and it's in oh. a glass that is a non traditional glass Let's for what that. you might think it goes into. It's still but isn't. Guess, do you know what this is?
3: No, yeah, it's a little crystal goblin of short snorts. And you like that, Adam? It's yeah. cognac.
2: One of the world's leading experts and educators in the topic of cognac is up next. Her name oh. is Ms. Frankie, Frankie. She travels all over the world (laughs) teaching and has been one of the figures who has been pivotal in reawakening the really appreciative connoisseurship of fine cognacs around the world. What is cognac? What is a brandy? Is a brandy a cognac? Is a cognac a brandy? What's Armagnac and where is Armagnac and where is cognac? And if you saw today on Facebook that you can't call something quarantine unless it was from the quarantine region of France, otherwise it's just a sparkling (laughs) pandemic. That was one of those things that made me laugh and made me think of Frankie. Frankie, who joins us now from her voluptuous bar (laughs) or boudoir, I don't know which it is. But Frankie Frankie, and I spent a lot of time juicing limes and lemons in the back of the house many years ago when we first met in the early days of Tales of the Cocktail. Back wow. in the days when we were just a few hundred cocktail geeks in a room, dreaming of the day you could walk into a, a bar anywhere and get a Negroni without having to explain how to make it, or better yet, a fabulous cognac Manhattan or singer. Okay. Thank you, Frankie. <laughs> Frankie, we can have those things with better booze. She joins us now.
4: Frankie! <laughs> Cheers Frankie. hello thank
2: you for having me can you hear me all right oh we can hear you fantastic we should call her Frankie neat you can call I mean I
4: I like that neat
2: Frankie
3: it's Frankie, Frankie your neat. place looks away. fantastic I love the design looks good looks cool
4: thank you you know yeah I'm trying to, <laughs> that's the funny thing about doing all these uh, live things these days I basically have this much space because I live in downtown uh, Brooklyn New York um, yes. so this is this is it you're seeing uh, I'm hiding in the clothes I'm hiding all the shoes um, but yeah. So thank you. It looks great. It's all about
3: what you make your camera space. Doesn't matter about the rest of the world. It's what your camera space looks exactly. like. How's my
1: how's my camera space?
4: It looks it's gorgeous. You've got where's your microphone, boxers.
2: Frankie? It's in in my iPad. Do I need? I don't have a professional. I'm gonna iPad. I'm Does gonna have you tilt right? it forward just a little to pick up a little bit closer or a little better.
3: I think okay. her I think her microphone's in her headset. Actually, you know.
4: So this is what I'm going to do. How about I turn this up? Is this better? Is, is this, your Is, you is
2: your better? microphone in your headset?
4: I th- I think it's right here. Yeah. Should I should I get closer? Should there I you go. louder? Okay. Maybe I should take these out. I don't know. Maybe
1: all right. No, I'm fine. I'm sorry about this technical difficulty that Jennifer thinks that we're having, but we're really not.
4: <laughs> That's the great thing about live TV or live whatever this is, virtual streaming. Uh yeah, let's work it out. Whatever. I'll speak louder. I'll speak louder so,
2: you guys, I've known Frankie a long time and she really is one of the great and grand dams of the cocktail world globally. No matter what country she goes to, she is welcomed, probably like Madame Roterer was on her world tours with her champagne in the 1950s. It's really difficult for me to explain to you just how much not only connoisseurship and education she's generously shared, um, but how much she knows about cognac. uh, And it's really a thrill to have her come. So Frankie, talk a little bit about cognac and your love and what you're doing these days? Well,
4: okay. That's a lot of different things. Well, I became, I'm a certified cognac educator and I became one in 2014. Uh, So since then I've just been, I don't, I don't sell anything. I just, educate about the category. So I don't work with any one brand. Um, and I really enjoy that because I get to speak about all different styles of cognac. And I've been to the region about eight, uh, eight times now. Uh, I can, I'm dying to go back actually. Um, and and yes, yeah, so I really enjoy the educational aspect of, of whatever I do. And uh, so cognac is, it's actually a distilled wine spirit. So cognac is made from wine, made from grapes, and it has to come from the cognac region of France. Like you said, it's uh, if it's not a, from the quarantine region, it's not really quarantine. So it's the same thing. Um, so, and uh, cognac is it's a little bit misunderstood sometimes because um, people think that cognac just kind of, you know, uh, started uh, with uh, maybe a certain musical movement or just started with, uh, you know, like a few years ago, uh, but cognac has been, being made for hundreds and hundreds of years, sure. and yeah, so see so you know that, Mr. Gaynor. Um, I imagine
3: in the 30s and the 20s, all the tuxedo guys of, of Manhattan were just sitting back in their little smoke rooms with tuxedos, having some fresh cognac. And they had.
4: They were having nyack attacks is what they were having. Nice. So, and that's what, yeah. And that's what we're having right now. And actually I made myself, I wasn't going to have a, a cocktail right now. It's a little early, but sure. I thought I'd make myself a little, I made a little cognac old fashioned sort of oh. with a little, yeah, with a little grapefruit shrub actually. to mix it up a little bit and Negroni bitters. So to keep it lighter, lighter for the summer.
3: because Hey, very, hey yeah, what did yeah. you get? I have, I have a double question for, um because I like to take over the show, but the two I questions I have are, when did you get involved in this, and why did you get, or how did you get involved in being a cognac, uh, That's my new word, sophisticated. I just made that up. Sophisticana- oh. Sophisticanado, Sophisticated.
4: That's seven syllables. Thank I'm you. I gotta give you credit for that already. But- <laughs> So, yeah, I, I actually, around the time I met Jennifer, just a little after that, I entered a comp a cocktail competition. Right. And, and yeah, and I made a cognac cocktail, uh, and I won, and the prize for the competition was a trip to, thank you, darling, thank you. And the prize was a trip to cognac, and that was my second time at cognac, and I got on the radar of the, I like to say, the cognac HQ, the, uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and, and that was it. I got invited to become an educator and it kind of snowballed from there, you know? So, but it's this world that led me into it, the F&B world, uh, the hospitality industry. Uh, it was Tales of the Cocktail. Actually, there was a competition run in conjunction with Tales of the Cocktail. Oh, yeah. So that's, uh, that's how I got there.
3: Is there and a just- place called Cognac? Am I, did I just hear you correctly? Am I a moron? Did you say you went to Cognac? Yeah, so
4: thank you for asking, because that's a thing that, I, I mean, y- you're, I like you, you're an enabler. I like that. Thank you. So, yeah, <laughs> you,
1: you have no idea. You have thank no you. idea. I,
4: be- I listened I listen to your, your his interview, so I'm beginning to get an idea. Uh, but yeah, so Connect is a place in France. Where? Laura. It's about 450 kilometers. Uh, I don't know what that is in miles anymore, but it's southwest of Paris, uh, just north of Bordeaux. And um, yeah, so Cognac, Cognac is not just a spirit. It's a town, a little small city in, in the southwest. So I bet um, you
3: that know, 78% of dumb Americans don't have any idea that that's a place. I never <laughs> knew that.
4: I bet you
3: even
1: more. Survey says 72.3%. <laughs> <72. laughs> incredible. That.
4: Oh my God, we've got statistics.
3: It's incredible. Jennifer, back yeah. to you. Jennifer, back to you. I'm done. I'm done. So, so let me it. ask, no, let me ask Miss
1: Frankie, what is this that I have in my hand? Are you familiar with this brand?
4: I am. That looks like that's Ducey. That's Ducey. Yes. Yeah.
1: Who owns this brand?
4: Uh, Bacardi does actually. Oh, yeah. I
1: thought it was like. They have. Somebody like uh, Vince Neil, G, G Money, or something.
4: Oh well, well, it, I think uh, Jay Z is affiliated with that brand. Yes, like, yeah. You may, may have part of it. Um, I'm not sure who owns exactly what, but um, says it's
1: from Cognac, though, Miss Frankie. Frankie,
4: it has to be. That's the thing with Cognac has to be from Cognac. It, really? It, it, yes, it has to be. Well, there's a few yeah. rules. Just top top line stuff. It has to be double distilled copper in copper pot. Um, Stills. There, there's a particular type of cognac, Alembic, that you have to use. Has to come from the Cognac region. Has to be aged a minimum of two years in oak. Forty um, percent ABV, and it has to be adhered to a strict set of rules. But those are the, the basic things. It has to come from the Cognac region, or else it's just not cognac. Dog. Do you see this, Michael?
3: This is yes. from the Brita water filter. Is, is that see, actually,
1: I think we that, all need to see this.
3: Yeah, it's a Brita water filter. It's uh, you put it in, you wait about fourteen seconds, and uh, it's ready to go. Is that from
2: that has low ABV?
3: Miss Frankie, cheers to you. I I adore you, Miss Frankie.
4: Well, listen, can I tell you, darling, I want to say that likewise. And I want to tell you something that it's so great that you're here because I actually have a musical background as well. And everything you were saying about music, I really, I could really empathize with that. And the fact that you waited around until you were 30 to get that audition. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, yeah.
3: Are you a vocalist?
4: (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, I used to do that. I mean, I still... You know, I still sing and that kind of thing, but I definitely pursued that for some time. And uh, you know, doing all the bands and you know, I did weddings, I did uh, you know, just original stuff. And so I know where we're coming from my feel for you.
3: That's <laughs> awesome, that's awesome. But, but you, can you can made, it. You, you made it. you can own it. You can one saying.
1: day. One day he'll make it, Miss Frankie. You don't feel so well, bad for him. One day well, he, he will make it. Well, Adam, I'm do you have? Go, go and Google. Does and Adam have his guitar there? Maybe. Maybe you guys could play together. Maybe you could do something. Oh, I would way.
3: love to. That'd be fantastic. I think Miss Frankie and I would have to rehearse a little number, though, because I'm not like a play every standard guy. I know four chords, and without that's the complicated.
4: So, which are the good four? I would say for uh, male vocal music, it's probably A, E, D. Like, what are the good ones to
3: know? I mean, may know five, but is... I don't want people to think I'm like a savant. So it's like maybe the G, the C, the D. The E and the A. Okay, all right. B, you know, B gets like, oh, I gotta borrow this, oh my God, you know, so let's just go with those.
4: All right, cool, we'll see. Neil Young songs, right? You yeah. like really need three chords.
3: Yeah, well, we were known as a three chord band, to be honest right. with
4: you. Okay, great, well, there you go. I'll tell you sorry. Yeah. So, sorry, Jennifer, back to, uh, miss, back to you, back to me. There is
2: no back. I mean, this is the whole point is that we, Michael and I love that our friends come and spend time with us. Each and every day, we love that we can mix people together like the great party throwers of times gone by. Michael likes to fancy himself a bit of a Truman Capote. He's dreaming of the day he can host his twenty-first century black and white ball.
1: Black and white ball, Truman Uh, Capote. Well, you know what? I'm on my way to being Truman Capote with this. You are on your way. I'm
4: getting
1: with this with this new book, Miss Frankie.
3: What is it? Oh, my God, you have a new book. Tell us about that. So proud of it. It's
1: it's called The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. And you know what we're noticing? Jennifer and I were talking about this today is that – I can scoot over here and you can still be seen – is that um, in the time of COVID, people are trying to relaunch. We just heard this from the last chef, right? He's like, oh, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. No offense, but woe is me, right? And I want to be – No offense. No. Or yeah, all right. Well, I, but, but yeah, it's a horrible time and everybody has their problems. But you know what? Somewhere in this rest in their in their soul, there was a spark that launched them to be a restaurant owner. Right. And going into the restaurant business. Now, saying that spark, that's every one of their friends said, dude, you don't want to open a restaurant. You better not. You're going to lose your butt. Blah, 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 blah. If you want to make a million dollars in the restaurant business, you better put two million in. Right. Like, you know, all the horrible stories. That spark that he had in his soul, whoever started the restaurants, all the restaurant owners, burned all that away, all that negativity, right? And they found a way to create greatness. Well, you know what? They still have that greatness in them. They're just so beaten. And it's like, nobody's trying to say, hey, you have the spark in you. Let's make it work. Rethink. Reignite your spark, right? Reimagine what you're doing. Re, re, re. But you have it in you to do. Don't take failure. Get up. Ease on down the road. Wipe it off.
4: I, I think that's a, a great sentiment, but at the same time, you have to be realistic. It's not that easy for everyone to just wipe it off and get up. And you know, oh, I think a lot of people. Ms. Frankie. Well, let's get real. You know, there's a lot of people who are really struggling who might not reopen. And I think it's um, it, it's not as easy as everybody uh, says, especially particularly if you're an owner. So I really feel for people right now who are going
1: through and dealing with this in any way. Of course, no, no, we all feel for them and we wanna help in any way we can.
2: No, but Michael, I I, I get Frankie's point and and I'm gonna jump in here and say, Michael, we are them, they are us, we are one. And one of the things that comes out of a Buddhist tradition that I think is really timely for people, regardless of where they come from in the world is this really powerful perspective that when you look at a challenge, that is in front of you, and you are there, and you're present in this moment with that challenge, and if it's a a negative, perhaps, and you look at it like it's a poison, that you have to remember that that poison really is your medicine, and I think it's just what you're saying Mm. in a different way, that this moment in time, though challenging, is going to be the fodder for the greatness that comes next for all of us.
3: Yeah, I I
1: the agree. poison is your medicine. Wow. That's so New Orleans. Adam, how do you feel about that, Mr. Poison?
3: I have to tell you guys, here's here's my I have a motto. I have a I have 117 sayings, which is one of them. So and it's a it's a it's a very common sense one, but I really use this a lot when I when I talk, I call them the kids. Everybody that's a year younger than me is a child. I, I do to that too. Kids, yeah. So my quote is this, Miss Frankie. listening for everybody. And look, some of us are more fortunate than others. We can't deny that, but we've all started from somewhere and either worked our way up, clawed our way up. But here's the quote. If success were easy, we'd all be successful. And it's so simple to think about, meaning it's really hard to be great at something. It is really hard to build a giant, fantastic, successful business. It is very, very hard, but we all have the basic DNA structures in our bodies. We all have the ability to forge an idea into greatness. And we can do this with a lot of hard work, some halftime adjustments. But remember, success isn't something that you're going to fall into on the sidewalk. It's going to be time, work, blood, and sweat. You're welcome. Amen. You're welcome. be, you. <laughs> It's true, though. It's not going to be easy. I can, these I are agree extraordinary times, Ms. Exactly. Ms. Frankie. This is, not, I, like, this I, is I, not a normal thing. People are collapsing. Their businesses are, 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 are closing. This is something you could never have predicted. So I, this is a little bit different than just work hard. This is an I, extraordinary moment. Oh, whoops,
1: wrong word. Absolutely I forgot the H.
4: Uh, Kurt, <laughs> I think that's a new. you've got a new word.
1: I think I, I forgot I, the H. See what happens, happens when you're getting sense. all excited?
4: Uh, well, you've excited us. I mean, I think we're all a little excited.
2: Cranky, we've talked yes. a lot about vodka being very popular, one of the most bi-volume spirit sellers in the country in North America. We're paying a lot of attention to burgeoning categories. The industry has changed profoundly in the 20 years since we started Tales of the Cocktail. Where are we in terms of our embrace, adoption, and enjoyment of cognac? How popular is cognac these days?
4: Well, I'll tell you. um, So, first of all, Cognac, as I said, I became an educator in 2014. And I will say since then, um, exports and sales have gone up. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not, but I'm just saying. uh, There were uh, millions, I'm trying to think of the actual statistic. I want to say something like 91 million. Um, bottles of uh, cognac exported last year. So there's a lot of con- lot of shipments, a lot of people buying cognac. And what's interesting is that they're not just buying the older expressions now. People are uh, enjoying younger expressions, like VS, yeah. uh, two years old, VSOP. 4 years old. So people are enjoying it in different
2: ways and there's a lot more aha there you go VSOP the there you go. This is I think this is one of the great entry cognacs for people to discover the category especially if you're going to do cognac blending in cocktails, in mixed drinks. Uh this is one that I particularly like. I get it at the Trader Joe's. It's less than $20, which is a remarkable price for something that still adheres to that VSOP standard that comes from Cognac, France.
4: Well, how, so you said that's less than $20 for a VSOP.
2: Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's one of these fantastic beverages, uh, that comes from, uh, cognac in the Southwest of France, uh, aged in French oak barrels. And if you wanted to get to know a category of spirits, well, there's one, there's several ways you can get to know them, but cognac was was traditionally, we have to go way, way back. You have to remember from colonial times, brandies and cognacs were something that almost predates some of the whiskeys we enjoy as part of our American identity. And they were very pervasive and is certainly part of our New Orleans tradition as well. Go ahead.
4: Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely predates. I mean, as I Um, It started getting double distilled in around uh, 16, 1700s. I mean, we're talking about that long ago. So we had the, the, the English and the Dutch, the northerners going to Cognac in order to buy their brandies, buy the brandies from there. And so... Again, going back to 16, 1700s. So this is a long, long time ago. And if you want to talk about cocktail applications, I mean, in Jerry Thomas's book from 1862, The Bon Vivant's Guide, he actually names, he calls for cognac in some of his cocktails in a lot of punches, in, in the julep, uh, that kind of thing. So cognac has always been there. It's just, it was just a matter of uh, it, it recently being, and I, when I say recently, maybe in the last 10-ish years or so being reintroduced to, to, to the general public. Right. Um, so it's, that's what I'm saying. It's not new, you know, and people have been enjoying it for uh, f- forever. And, and Kanye, I will say that, you know, quality is important. I haven't tried that particular right now, but you're saying it's, it's it's quite good. It, you enjoy it. it
2: I'll tell you things that I like about this. It, okay. it, it's, it's brilliantly sippable. Uh, right. The label itself uh, indicates that it's a a very rare old French brandy. And it's, the address is 113 Avenue Victor Hugo Commerciante uh, in Cognac, France. It says VSOP, which I'll have you describe what that means. Uh, But it has a stamp in the glass. uh, That's the 1840 date. And this is a house that has been since 1814. So these are things that say something to someone that's exploring the category. And as a cognac educator, what do those kinds of things mean? What do all those indicators on both the label and the bottle mean?
4: Is that okay. Cognac, New Jersey? or is... That's the other cognac. That's
2: actually cognac, um, cognac Shore.
1: <laughs> oh, the Cognac Shore. Now, um, Jennifer, <laughs> would, would, would this have anything <laughs> to be in what, what, what our lovely friend, ben, or friend Benedict would be involved with? Is, would that be cognac? Yeah. Are you speaking
4: of Benedict Hardy? Yes, yes. Uh, Soul Sister Benedict. She's a lovely lady. I was actually lucky enough to meet her in 2013. And so, yeah, her brand is Hardy, H A R D Y. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And she actually and, won the 100 points, Jennifer, yeah uh, at the awards, at the Proof Awards, which is the competition that we sponsor. And oh, really? that, uh, yes, oh, I, right. I, I would like to have uh, you maybe coming in. I'm well, going to see if I can get,
2: get you in as a You should really be a judge. I would and this is, what, I'm,
1: I'm this is what Benedict Hardy won, a solid gold proof wow. award. They literally got 100 points, 100 wow. points. Wow. And it was I judged. It's judged by not just bartenders like all the other competitions. This is judged by buyers, distributors, big buck, people that can move the brands.
4: Right. I will
1: tell you this, that Hardy, because of the proof awards, and we'll have you, Miss Frankie, into Las Vegas, we'll fly you in. Um, and we'll put you up at a beautiful resort. That's how we do things here. Very high-end, very high class.
4: That's the only way um, I do things. I with do our things.
1: partner, with our partner, Delta Airlines Sky Clubs. And Benedict was happy to find out that Hardy Legend is now carried at all the Delta Air, not that they're going, but all the Delta Airlines Sky Clubs now. Yeah. Thank you to the proof award because they chose that. And they chose five other brands and they of different types of spirits. Um, without knowing the names or what they were. And they chose them because it's just based on flavor.
4: And incredible. And that's and that's what it should be about, you know, about yes. the flavor um, and about what you can afford to. Not everyone can afford, you know, really high-end, but that's a great thing about cognac and that people don't realize that there is a, quite a range, not only in styles, but in price points as well, cognacs that are made for for cocktail, or cognacs that are made for sipping. But, um, well, no buts really. I'm glad to see that there's cognac in the Delta uh, lounge. Yeah. I didn't notice that I, last time. I saw.
2: And, and Miss Frankie Frankie, I have to say, um, the Hardy legend for the money has a kiss of antiquity. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself because one of the things that I love in the world is the flavor of an antique cognac. And it's like turning a young person onto the flavor of caviar. And if they like it, you're doomed. Because once somebody gets a taste of something like that, It's a really luxurious, expensive kind of thing, and it's not as accessible as as everybody would want it to be. Uh, But it's really special. And Hardy Legend Cognac is blended in such a way that you get that kiss of antiquity. So that thing that anybody that loves antique cognacs loves can be found in the legend. Well, when you say
4: antique, I'm assuming you mean the Exos, right? So so Exo Cognac is Exo
2: Cognacs of of there used to be a time, and Adam, I'll uh, I'll share this with you. So, and and Miss Frankie, Frankie, let's just unpack all this all at one time. You know, people used to keep cellars in fancy houses and homes and estates, and the kinds of people that would keep cognac or might get cognac as a present and not necessarily drink it, including things like the XO and the Louis Trays. Um, You used to, as recently as 10 years ago, be able to go to an estate sale or a yard sale and you might find a bottle of something old and because it might look like there's not a full bottle or it might be crusty at the top, somebody would say, oh, you don't want to drink that old stuff when in fact that might be just the most delicious thing you ever drink. Frankie, talk a little bit about how this treasure has been hiding in America in plain sight in people's cellars and they didn't realize what treasure they had. Well, I think, um,
4: first of all, I've never actually had a cognac from an estate sale, I have to say. I would love to. Now I think I think I need to get to New Jersey. Probably in in Cognac, New Jersey, they have these sales. I would assume. (laughs) I would assume. But uh, you know, I I I have been able to go into in Cognac, they call it the Paradis, the Paradise, which is where all of the the houses keep their best and oldest cognacs. So yes, it's no, it's actually really exciting to see some of them. Because yeah, because some of them are just they're really atmospheric and some are really really clean, but others are. just kind of you know have the mold in there, or they have just cobwebs. Where they because they want to just leave it as as is. Yep. So um, I've tasted some really old eau de vie, and it really is remarkable, really incredible. And you know what's interesting is like with cognac, there, it's a blend. It's all about the blends of older eau de vie of younger. So sometimes you know it can be two to three eau de vie. It can be up the hundreds. So that's what's really incredible about cognac as well. It's about the blending and really the the craftsmanship. The craftspersonship, because there's a lot of female master blenders met now as well. Um, that that goes into it. So, can,
3: do you do you run like a public? And this is going to sound a little little silly, but do you run like a public uh, cognac club? Something cool that sophisticated people can kind of get behind, and you can help monetize and do something cool to brand the name bigger and get everybody even more excited about it.
4: You know what? I should. And yeah, sure. yeah, it's, you know, especially right now, I'm really yeah. thinking of different ways
3: to- Let's um, go. I I, I, want, I don't even drink places it places and it. I want to be a member because it's sophisticated yeah. cool.
4: It is sophisticated cool, but at the same time it's accessible. So it's really- I'm in. I don't want people to, yeah. I mean, it's really, uh, but yeah, a connect club, it sounds like a great idea. And I think that's something that I should- have
3: 20% take like, the
4: oh, So Ms.
2: Frankie, Frankie, I'm gonna seize this moment and say, would you like to, help? there it is. Would wow. you like to host a cognac club on the uh, air with with the uh, food and beverage magazine family?
4: Oh my God, let's let's discuss this. Let's get this all let's get it into print. <laughs> let's drop a contract.
1: Hardy. Marty, let's yeah. talk about Hardy Legend for a second. Hardy Legend is fifty three dollars a bottle, right? You can get it at fifty three dollars a bottle, and it's probably the finest thing you could buy at that price. would you say? Uh, I, honestly, Frankie?
2: honestly, I would say it's one of the best things you can acquire. You could spend twice as much money and get something not half as good. How's that?
3: I agree. Can I add that the 1863 date is 100 years before the year I was born in 1963? Trivia. It's actually, is that her
1: great-grandfather? Benedict Hardy's great-grandfather was born in 1863, or was it her great-great-grandfather, Jennifer?
2: That's when the house was born. That's when the house was formed, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's um, the year
1: that the
4: house was established. And the first Cognac house was Ogier, and they were established in 1643. Right. Um, wow, so, wow. Yeah. So just to, to give you an idea. You know- I believe
1: I've tasted this AT- the, the Cognac from the first batch. I believe I've tasted that with Benedict. Would she have had that at some point, Jennifer? I mean, I know it was a Lalique bottle, and it was insanity. It was hundreds of years old whenever I tasted
3: it.
2: Yeah. And how did it taste to you?
1: I mean, you know, I needed a Diet Coke afterward. It was a little scratchy, a little warm. I wasn't <laughs> so into it. What are you going to tell you?
4: Was that your well, of choice? Diet Coke was your chaser of choice after that little.
1: Well, I needed a like Coke Zero truly, but they didn't have it in stock. So I had to get the Diet Coke. And I, it might have been a Diet Pepsi because I think it was at win. When we were at Wynn, I think we were having something at Wynn with Benedict. I, we really got to get, if we have Benedict on the show, can we bring this Frankie back? Would that be an amazing? All
2: right. I'm going to go so far as to say for our first episode of Cognac Club, I would love it to be <laughs> Benedict Hardy coming on for us.
1: Wow. <laughs> Adam, how are you going to monetize be- this?
3: I, I, will. Be, I will be helping to host that evening because, of course, it's my, my brand, but I will be there for you guys in support totally.
4: Amazing. Well, the great thing is, we can have we can start with Benedict, and we've got a whole host of people right. that we can have on the show. Frankie, so many, I
3: need you to get on this so cognac thing with Jennifer. I'm getting on it. We need to get on do. it. I know you, I think you need to be my manager now. I'll I'm be surprised. a motivational coach. I See, will get you great. on this because you're For from sure.
4: Creationville. You're from Creationville,
3: yeah. which but I is do.
4: A, a town that I need to be living in a little bit more. <laughs> I, I feel
1: well. No one else lives there, Frankie. Frankie, no one else lives there. Well, that's I think there's
3: room. They just visit. It's a town. It's a city. It's Michael I mean, being rude. Frankie, don't listen to him. It's very I, rude. I, well, I mean, you know.
4: Hopefully, the well, these two. Be cheaper than
1: these two live you. there. These two live there. Adam, that's not they, true. Scratch chin. They too. Do. I don't know what that was, but it scared me.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it scared Anyway, I don't. I don't
1: know. What
3: show you know that was. the Edgar picture, Michael. That's more friendly.
1: I can't. I, I already deleted it. <laughs> what? Yeah, I did. I do. When I'm done, I show it, and then I'm done. It's show yeah, and I, tell. I'm I, over.
2: Can I uh, can I regain control of this to get a few more bits of good information out?
1: Maybe just that for Adam Gaynor? Maybe a yeah. little bit? Okay, go ahead.
3: Please, Jennifer. So we're
2: talking about cognac because it is truly something that I love. And it's also being talked about in conjunction with the world's finest ca- cognac educator, Ms. Frankie. Frankie, who joins us from her boudoir in the cognac region of Brooklyn. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I like she never
1: finished the what does VSOP mean? And that we 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 went off track. Uh, We We went down the rabbit hole.
2: Okay. Cognac is one one of three types of French brandy. Can you start us off there, please? All right, let's
4: let's just go back. I think uh, this is it's Memorial Day. Everybody's a little is everybody's happy, everybody's really excited. So VS Cognac, two years old, very special. VSOP, very superior, old pale. Four years old. XO. uh, extra old. Ten years old. Uh, without going too deep. Yes. So there we go. Those that those are the ones that you you should remember.
3: Recapping. Um, BS, very special. How old? Two. Two. Very superior. Oh, what is the other ones? Pale.
4: Very superior. Old pale. And it's gonna mix that up. Yep. Four years. XO, XO
3: ten. Got it. Ten. I'm gonna get a tattoo of that on my back so I don't forget.
1: Ooh, okay. that's very that's very creation building. Very raw. Very yeah. raw. What if what if it's older than 10 years?
4: Yeah. You know what? Funny you should ask that. So they just actually came out with another designation, XXO, which is a minimum of mm. 14 years old. And but keep in mind that most cognacs are that that's the minimum. Right. That's the minimum. So most cognacs have O de V's that are much older. And, and yeah, frankly, the- what's an O de v? And Oda V, it literally stands for Water of Life. Um, Mm. And oh, doesn't that sound exciting? And Mm. it's Adam, write
3: a song. I'm just drinking The Water of Life.
4: Right. Uh, I think Elton John wrote that. Oh, no, that was a circle of life. Mm. But um, Adam
3: has
1: a song about The Water of Life. It's called Float. Oh.
3: The Water of Life. Okay. Remember that
4: song, Float? Float on. Remember that one? Yep. Float on, float on. So uh, uh, distilled spirit, um, distilled spirit, eau de vie. Eau de vie is taken a uh, brandy, a lot of people call brandies eau de vies, and a, a distilled spirit, a cognac spirit is called an eau de vie becomes, before it becomes a cognac. Right? So is, because, a brandy,
1: is a brandy a cognac or no? Uh,
4: well, cognac is a brandy a type of brandy but, but brandies not all brandies are cognac because of course cognac has to be as we said before to recap there will be a test you know eight coming from the region age minimum of two years so brandy can be made from any fruit you know you can have cherry brandy apricot brandy that kind of thing right and um so brandies are distilled from fruit cognac however made from grapes particularly uni blanc mm. which is also Called Trebbiano in Italia. Uh, and, um, and as you know, the, uh, uh, the, the criteria that we were saying before.
2: So, yeah. So,
1: Brandy is a fine girl. What a good wife she would be.
2: So, all cognacs are brandies, <laughs> but not all brandies are cognacs. Exactly. Exactly.
0: There
2: you go. Now, I'm going to throw a wrench in the works and say there's another region that produces really wonderful world-class brandies that we call Armagnacs. Yes, that's and true. All Armagnacs are brandies, but not all brandies are Armagnacs. And the way I describe the difference, Ms. Frankie Frankie, mm-hmm. is that Armagnac is like the country mouse of, of brandies, and cognac is the city mouse. It's the difference between that country rustic feel of the Armagnacs and the sophisticated sort of significatiousness of the cognacs. Well, I don't
4: know if a lot of the Armagnac producers would like the country, country mouse analogy, but I understand what you're saying. And part of the reason it, why- It just has
2: a quality to it that is a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Who, <laughs> Jennifer, who's your, who's your favorite country mouse? I know who my favorite country mouse is. Who's yours?
2: I, my, um... favorite,
1: my favorite favorite is Five Mouskowitz.
2: Yeah, no, I get that. Um uh, you know what? All day long I there are two well there are several houses that I really I like quite a lot. Um but I really love the hardy cognac. Well, I i look, definitely and authentically do. I, I have I have been fortunate. I've sipped some Louis Trays that has been wonderful.
4: Yeah.
2: Um and I've been very, very lucky in my life um to get uh, some sips from our friend. Oh, we're going to have a spirited dinner now. Oh, my God.
3: Is it's it so weird to be hosting the show and just decide I needed something to eat? Is this a weird
2: no. thing? No, okay. we've is made you hungry?
3: Hungry. Is Adam oh, hungry. Oh, hey, come say hi. Oh, you guys, you have to meet my wife. This is Miss Rachel. This is hi, Miss Rachel. Rachel. Hi,
2: Miss oh. Rachel.
1: How are you? Look at that. God, I'm look good. at her. Nice How did that happen? You,
3: uh, <laughs> Miss Rachel makes a fine display of vegetables. And um, was that chickpeas? What
0: is it's this? chickpeas, tomato, some radish, carrots.
3: And she got parsley. it all from this. We did this okay. in the backyard this morning. I love that. Amazing. Yeah. Just
2: something healthy, you know, nutrients.
3: We have that chickens so in the pretty. closet. We're breeding. The reason,
2: the, re- the reason you want to eat like that is it's going to boost your immune system and help you fight everything I off. You it. want to stay away from the sugars. You want to stay away from the bad exactly. stuff. That's the good stuff.
3: That's Jennifer. She's the smartest one on the show. She knows what she's, she's talking about. She's the smartest one.
2: No, Ms. Frankie Frankie is.
3: <laughs> oh, I love you, Miss Frankie. I'm just making <laughs> fun Jennifer of
1: has one of these. Jennifer has one of these. Wow. I, yeah, yeah, I,
2: don't, oh, I, don't. I have a whole roll of stickers that have that on
4: there. <laughs> Amazing.
2: Hey, listen, Rachel, it's lovely to meet you. Oh, one you of the do? things we do in New Orleans is we have these events called Spirited Dinners. Where where people will come in and the spirits house, like the cognac houses, will come and they will pair either a sip or a cocktail with each course of food and they will collaborate with the chef to come up with a very harmonious, very cord like, uh pleasurable combination of food and drink for each course. Ms. Frankie has done That's some wonderful. <laughs> Really definitely.
4: definitely I did some sprayed dinners back in like two thousand and eleven and twelve. This is going way back with tales now, but um so just to go back to what you're saying about Armagnac, just quickly the the one reason that Armagnac is not as well known. It, or had not been traditionally as well known it's because the region of Armagnac is like landlocked. You know, Cognac is right. You've got the the Charente River there that people where people had access to the region, but um, yep. Armagnac was mostly enjoyed by the producers. And again, we didn't. They didn't have that kind of that access to um, the out. I wouldn't say the outside world, but a lot of you know the different. Pr- pr- um, uh, trades tradespeople who were and the negotiant who were selling to the English and the Dutch, that kind of thing. So. Right. Negotiation Adam. Négociant, Exactly. That's another big word. Yeah. Chew on that one for a while. They love learning about this stuff. <laughs> In contact too, huh? Exactly. So, um, but Arminack I love as well. I mean, I really do, you know, I'm a bartender. I love all spirits. I love working with all spirits, you know? So, um, so you know, bring it on. Miss Frankie,
2: one of the things that um, cognac has a certain profile in popular culture, but the reality is that great cognacs make great cocktails. Now, I might not use an XO sipping cognac in a cocktail, although it would make it a splendid, you know, I'm, I'm, I might not use my Hennessy XO, but, but you just got to know if you use your Hennessy XO in a cocktail, it might turn out great. I love Martel Blue Label. Um, again, great sipping cognacs. There are some houses that just really lend themselves to that kind of um, well, yeah. kind of luscious, really pleasurable luxury. But then there are some cognacs who mix brilliantly well in cocktails. What are some of your favorite cocktails that use cognac, and what are your favorite brands for using as mixers in these cocktails?
3: I love that question.
2: Well, I'm going like, Wow. So, for
4: favorite cognac cocktails, I think a great gateway introduction cocktail, a cognac cocktail, is the French 75. Uh, you know, cognac, oh, yeah. a, you know, lemon juice with simple syrup topped with champagne. You you can't go wrong, and it's really accessible and delicious. Um, in cognac, people drink cognac tonic or cognac and ginger. You know, as a a, a long drink, a highball with a oh, slice ginger. of lemon. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a
2: really great combination. Way. Yeah, exactly.
4: A really easy way to get into it. Um for people could
1: sprinkle a little like, turmeric in there as well.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Maybe no. a little mince too. It's
1: not oh crazy, God. Michael. Don't <laughs> get
3: crazy Michael.
2: No, that's <laughs> I like corn that for sure. <laughs> I mean,
4: too, for sure. Like a cognac mojito type of thing. I'm an international
1: I'm an international man of mystery is why
3: you don't understand. Can I ask you an honest question? I I feel like cognac. And its best because I'm I'm very sophisticated. It's supposed to be mostly by itself. Am I wrong? Because I'm a novice. I'm a cognac novice by myself.
4: Well, what I always say is, <laughs> um, I wouldn't say you're wrong. I say you'd enjoy your cognac however you'd like to. How what I will no say... just
3: by itself. Tell everybody to stop mixing it. We need to start that right away.
4: No, I, I disagree. People have been traditionally enjoying it, kind of, you know, it was known as the after dinner sipper, uh, you know, in front of the yeah. first place. But those days, that. yeah, right. I mean, that can but don't do that because we we don't use that kind of glass anymore. I'll get back to that in a second. do this, do this, do this. Exactly. Ah, I should have okay. brought my perfect cognac. Where is you? Like get it? Where is well, is well, you? Thank you. I'll get you it. wanna go, go get one, it. Well, <laughs> one question at a time. I'll answer. So cognac. Okay, you enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it, right? It depends on the expression. You can go for older expressions neat on their own, but so many cognacs are great um, in, as we said, in cocktails, right? So you just use maybe a younger expression that doesn't have as much aging, doesn't have as much wood to it, all right? Um, So absolutely in cocktails, but absolutely on its own, if that's the way you would like it. And
2: And then then Adam and Ms. Frankie, what I'd like to add to that is there's that place in the middle that allows the food lover and the diner to bring in that expression that might be equally delicious at the end of the meal in a digestive form to actually in a lower alcohol by volume beverage to be enjoyed with the meal is to take that and do it as a tall highball of cognac and soda. Wow.
4: Yeah, well, that's what I was just saying. Cognac or even is- do a
2: half pour in a cognac and soda it's so, so that you just get a hint of the flavor. And it really gives you a luscious visit to cognac while you're enjoying your food. Absolutely. Cognac and tonic, as I said, cognac and ginger.
4: And yeah, proportions are really important. Don't put too much, you know, an ounce to ounce and a half. Absolutely. And then, you know, you've got the dilution there to, to carry you through. Cognac also works really well frozen. Mm-hmm. Put a VS or VSLP in the freezer and you oh, can drink it at that- Yeah, because what that does is, and you've probably done this, maybe people do it with vodka, maybe have done it with gin. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a famous Dukes in in London that serves all of their martinis. They pull their gin right from the freezer. They don't even dilute. So what that does is that gives you, uh, that kind of fattens up the mouthfeel. So it gives you more of a mouthfeel. It gives you more of a kind of a viscous liquid to work with. And it really makes it a lot easier for certain people to to enjoy. So yeah, I mean just try it any way you'd like. There are really no rules. But yeah, we like to use a tulip glass now. Rather than a snifter, we like to use the tulip glass.
3: Ooh, the tulip wow. you are getting
4: inspired. You, you must have Michael a, a stock photo of a tulip glass. Tell me that you do. Is he'll
3: that-
2: grab us no, I mean, a, a, a stock photo of a tulip oh, glass. And while he does yeah. that, I'm going to say one yeah. of the yeah. my
0: it's favorite a
3: little little bottle of it says-
2: Yes. One of my very favorite things to have with a frozen cognac is a, is a warm gouger. Mm.
3: That was my gougere. high school band name, Warm Gouger.
1: <laughs> you know, you, it it brings around it it brings a lot of this, Jennifer. Oh.
4: Putting the putting the con in conviviality. That's what
3: you like. Miss no. <laughs> Frankie, you're my new favorite person. Oh, stop! it. I love it. Well, don't. I
4: mean, I'm just. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you're so full shy. of knowledge. We got to well. We're going to have to. We're going to have to do this Creationville thing. Where you know you're meant. My cool. mentor. I'm your
3: mentor, but you we know. got a cognac club, and Jennifer yeah. is going to help run it. She's my girl. Yeah. I'm yeah. involved in it somehow because I, we don't have to use my face because that'd be disturbing. But with some kind of a feel for us.
2: You know what? Well, here, here's here's what happens in Creationville. Adam comes up with um. Illustrated avatars for each of our connoisseur alter egos.
3: Done. Ooh, I like that. I'll I'll have Rachel's also an amazing graphic designer, so we can come up with the Cognac Club seal. We'll make our own seal for the club, Jennifer and and Miss Frankie.
4: We just need to incorporate Miss Rachel's hair into something. Can we just incorporate your hair? somehow i know her yeah.
3: hair
0: is
4: great right wow. oh thank it's you it's like a wave it's like thank a wave you. Of- her hair is
3: what cognac Uh-oh. is made from fine strands of her hair is melted down
2: oh my do you god know, do you know what her hair what song makes me think of do you what? know the julie london tune nice girls don't stay for breakfast
3: no oh a woman,
2: a woman not, wow. who has hair like that and the soundtrack of Julie London's "Nice Girls Don't Stay for Breakfast" That's <laughs> while we're sipping at the breakfast table. Oh my God! Having okay. a piece of English muffin bread toasted with some homemade jam. Ooh.
1: Ooh. We have, like, we oh have God. truly, God. we have truly, we have derailed. We have it's
4: derailed, so Jennifer. Let's, let's get back on the track. Let's get back in there, <laughs> Jennifer. We have <laughs> okay, we have exactly derailed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and,
3: so, uh,
4: all right well okay so I'm just going to quickly the reason that Jennifer you asked me to come on and just talk about this this little zoom that I'm doing so I'm just going to mention that right. real quick before we yep. go up so I'm doing a little and Adam you might be interested in this so there's so many people in our industry who have uh, come from uh, artistic backgrounds who have an incredible talent um, singers, musicians poets that kind of thing so I've been doing a very low key DIY zoom where I welcome people to just uh, 30 minutes of unscripted chat and performance it's a part talk show part sing-along so i'm doing that every tuesday at 3 p.m and authentic
2: uh, talent show slash variety show Exactly.
4: Exactly. So tomorrow, for instance, I have Fraser Campbell, who's a brand ambassador and Brian Schneider, who is, a, who runs a, the Quality Meets program. And I've had people like Dale DeGroff, Tad Carducci, uh, Julia Cabrera, Joanna Carpenter, Abby Gulo. I mean, I've had a lot of great people on the show. So that's been really exciting and just fun. And I started that during this time as a way, uh, as a distraction. I mean, there's no way that we're getting uh, away from what's going on right now, but I wanted to just, For us to have an outlet, so we could laugh and just take our minds off of these struggles that we're thinking about every day.
2: So, and what is the name of your variety show?
4: Well, I called it. To be honest with you, it was hard to think of a name, but we'll get back to you, Adam. I promise. Uh, It was called. I called it Quarantunes and Quips. Q and Q, yes. So because we're doing Quarantunes, yeah. So so that's it. Tuesdays. I love it. Yes.
3: Adam
1: has a show, a YouTube show, also, and it's called. Adam?
3: Well, Foreign. it's not out yet. Oh, it's not? Oh, yeah, no. What? Oh, oh the, the, oh, the YouTube, yes. We have a social <laughs> distance sing show. Social distance sing. And,
1: social distance sing.
3: Yeah, sing like dist- ah, okay. no, a thing. It's it a YouTube-inspired uh, quarantine show. By the way, while we were talking and I was eating, I slammed my hand against my desk and I created a boo-boo. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, ow, ow, uh, oh,
2: That's an sorry, I hear
1: that. Don't nope. sue us for that. Oh, we have insurance man. for that, for guests? boo no. we
3: have boo insurance on <laughs> that? Got nothing. Jennifer, I feel like this was part of your guys' fault, to be honest with you.
1: Jen, no, we have boo it, it,
3: insurance?
2: It's been so memorable that you look down at your hand and think, oh, those two.
3: Yeah. So anyway, getting back to me. So it's called Social Distance mm-hmm. Thing on YouTube. It's a COVID it's it's a variety show. that that shows everybody in isolation as we get back to the new norm. It's beautiful, poetic, hosted by a lovely, lovely woman, uh, Natalie Lander, and we love her. And that's really my plug of the day. My own podcast is coming out next week, but I'll be back on the show next week to talk about it.
1: Thank you. Is is Lola Falana on your show? Lola Falana?
3: Old Man Falana's daughter, yes. (laughs)
1: Lola Falana.
4: (gasps) Is she still around?
1: She's a variety show. What, Jennifer? What are you showing us? We gotta wrap this up, Jennifer. We're losing viewers. People are getting
2: this is a bottle of Marseille's remedy. It's a it's a variation of a thieves oil produced by a company called Wild Creek Naturals in British Columbia, Canada. And it's clove, cinnamon, eucalyptus, lemon. And what it does is it was part of that combination of essential oils that protect you from viruses and the plague doctors used it during the black ages. And so when you show me that boo boo on your hand, yeah. when you're in Brooklyn, New York, and you want to just protect yourself a little more, got, I was just going to say, I suggest you take a look at that. I have
3: to show you something that's frightening that you won't even believe it. But do you know what a plague doctor looks like?
2: Mm-hmm. I do, actually.
3: That mm-hmm. is a plague doctor. That hey, is a whole outfit. And do you know how I know this, you guys? I have a a project, a hand sanitizer project that a friend asked me to to partner with him on. And I originally asked for an art design which was not this. And a friend of mine sent me this photo and I thought it was the scariest thing. That is literally the plague doctors would show up at your house. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. Yeah. So scary. So scary.
2: And they they had these gloves with long talons. And between and between patients, what they would do is they would handle a pomander, which was an orange, studded with cloves. And in all of these natural remedies, they were able to protect themselves from the germs and the bugs and the viruses and such.
4: If If only we could do that now.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. You can. Yeah. You don't need all the chemicals. You don't need all those petroleum-based this and that
1: mm. you just need clean well 40. well
4: before we go any further i just wanted to thank you all for having me on the show it's really uh not what i expected at all this has been very exciting
1: <laughs> well frankie we <laughs> love to have you we want to have you back one day when adam's not on the show to bother you
3: <laughs> adam, i'll have
2: ready? one of- I'm Bye adam.
4: i want to know one question for adam were you are you an only child
3: no, I do require a lot of attention, but that's just a mental illness I have.
4: Okay, I was wondering. Yeah. I mean, I you know, just curious.
3: No, it's the truth. I just need a lot of attention. He has I mean, one I mean, friend, I mean,
1: though. He's an only friend, Edgar. Edgar, Edgar. and
4: and Miss Rachel, of course.
3: Miss Rachel is like my best friend. She's. Okay. The, and
4: that's yeah. the way it should be. Well, but thank you so much. And, you know, really, Jennifer, this has been a long time coming. So I really appreciate it. And you know what
2: else, Frankie? I have to say thank you for the education that you've done. You were in a category that really was not well beloved at the time that you got started. And you took the things that you just genuinely loved about cognac. And you reminded us about the beauty and the elegance and the sophistication and the history and the flavors, and the beauty of this product. And you reminded us why we should love cognac, and why we should never have forgotten about it. And why no matter what our price point is, there is something there for you. And whether uh, it is the, one of my other favorites is the XO Delamaine. I love cool. Delamain. And And the yeah. Blue yeah. Label Martel, but yeah. on an ordinary day, you can yeah. find something to make a cocktail with at Trader Joe's for under $20. That is from cognac. And I know it's a blast stream compared to what you're used to, but it's a great way to remember that you can take some of your favorite sips. And remember at that time when Antoine Amedee Payshow was inventing cocktails in New Orleans, Louisiana, wow. was doing things like just simple yep. old fashions. And Sazerac. And yeah. And
1: Sazerats, yes. Well, so let's, let's save this for another day. Let's yes, save it for the day. You. We are like an ap- 25 minutes over, Jennifer. Whoa, over. over.
4: Okay. Oh, my God. Thank you. I'll just say thank Network you. Network
1: is going to cut us at any minute. Network okay. is going to cut get,
3: us at any minute. So I'm fine.
4: Yeah, just drink your coffee.
1: Miss Frankie, thank we'd well. love to see you again. We will thank see you, you. soon.
4: Thank love you, well, Miss Frankie. Bye. Love Great to meet you, Adam. I go to Google Matchbox 20. Bye.
1: Thanks. She was adorable. Adorable and,
3: Jennifer.
2: Adam, I have to tell you, every single guest that I line up to come on this show, Michael, at the end of it, it's like, oh, my God, that was amazing. And I'm like, I know these are our friends.
3: Yeah. Amazing. She was really very, 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 very educational, very, very brilliant with the Cognac community. She's going to start that club. Jennifer, you help her with that little Cognac club. I think that's going to be big.
2: Well, I'm also going to tell you that she has really... A, she's got an extraordinary singing voice. She's yeah. so sublimely talented.
3: We should have her sing next time. Maybe she can get a little pianist accompaniment and maybe do a little number for us.
2: You're going to melt when you hear her sing. But you know, that's your business. You are fluent in the music arts. All right. And as Mrs. Spices, I'm fluent in flavor chords. All right.
1: Mrs. Pollitz just pulled the plug on today's show.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Pollitz. I love you.
1: Yes, thank you. I have to listen for the baby now. We love you, Adam. Will you come back?
3: I'll be I'll be here every day. You hear know me?
1: I don't And Anybody that wants
2: to reach us, I am at spiritskitchen at gmail dot com.
1: And we love you and thank you, Jennifer. We'll we'll see you tomorrow.
2: Go home, hug your kids, and count your blessings.
1: Oh, I love that. Oh, I do.